Thank you, Jordan, for the lovely singing over our intro. There. No problem. And small, small note: the the studio audience that you hear is actually a live studio audience. At the end of our introduction, we always tape with a live studio audience here in studio. So, welcome everybody. It's actually two people that can just create a medley of laughter. Yeah, that way. they throw I don't their know how they, they throw it. their voices, and they're they're trained like ventriloquists. It's amazing. I think I first saw voice throwing in like a Scooby Doo years ago, it's and a real it did. Thing. Is, is it a real thing? A real I've thing. never seen somebody do it up close, other than like you mentioned a ventriloquist. I've seen that. But I'm pretty not, sure it's like black magic, though. Yeah, not like I can throw it across the room and make it sound like it's coming out of a, a vase or a jar over there, which is what I think I saw on a Scooby Doo. I have time. no idea how it works. Best Scooby-Doo crossover? I think mine was Harlem Globetrotters. (laughs) Harlem Globetrotters? Scooby-Doo meets Harlem Globetrotters. I think they did a Kiss episode one They did a Scooby-Doo meets Snoop Dogg episode, too. Yeah, it was interesting. I don't recall the Snoop Dogg Mm -hmm. one. That must have been in a newer generation that I missed. It was was interesting. I think mine were all like VHS tapes in 1989. I didn't watch a lot of Scoob. I did. I enjoyed Scrappy-Doo, and I understand Scrappy-Doo is a much maligned character throughout history. It's very deep. People did not appreciate Scrappy-Doo's inclusion in the series, but I personally did. Was Scrappy his son? I really don't know. I think he was just some random guy like Roy in The Simpsons who showed up and then stuck around, or like that uh, Brady Bunch kid, Oliver, who just like <laughs> yeah. showed up. They're like, ah, cripes. Another Here's- one? Here's Scrappy Doo again. <laughs> but I don't think they ever like implied that Scooby hooked up with anybody and had kids and like the wife left or something. Like, oh, I got a kid now. It had to be like his nephew. Dark seated history of Scooby Doo. <laughs> it is. This is Sideshow Frasier, a podcast about Frasier and one other show from the same broadcast week in history. It's hosted by me, Steve Shackelford, and that other person whose voice you heard, Jordan Wilson, over here. They uh, this week, we're doing the Frasier episode from February 3rd, 1994, entitled The Show Where Lilith Comes Back. Mm. Our sideshow of the week, Mad About You, mm. season two, episode 15, entitled Virtual Reality. That was a true masterpiece. Uh, it was something, all right. So we'll start with Frasier, as we tend to do. Highest ratings of the entire season in this episode. Do you think that was because of the fact that people were like, who the fuck is Lilith? No, people knew Lilith from Cheers, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's <laughs> because you're my Cheers guy. Yeah, I always forget the details. Dear God. <laughs> I, it's stupid, too, because I've seen Cheers like the entire series like multiple times. I just, it's wallpaper. I just, it's on. Okay, you, know? you just grind us to a halt immediately. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I'm sure they promoted it and people were like, Holy crap, it's Lilith from Lilith Cheers. Is back. I, she's coming back. I yeah. gotta watch this one. That's so. gotta be what it is. I didn't see any promos that were available, uh, but I'd imagine that was the reason that so many people were here. So, uh, hey, uh, what happened in this episode? Well, Lilith visits Seattle after reading a letter in which Fraser expressed his hope that they would one day reconcile. 
Unfortunately, she's unaware that the letter had been lost over the past year while Fraser made a new life for himself. Regardless of their new lives, seeing each other again does stir some of their old feelings each other <laughs> feelings for each other. Yeah, physical ones. Physical ones. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that plays out. One fun note about this episode, the first mention of Gil Chesterton in the whole series. Oh, is it? So I guess they hadn't mentioned him. I don't know that we've picked up on that before. I think maybe we commented on how we hadn't seen Gil. Yeah. But, uh, some... So they created the character Gil during this episode, obviously. And yeah. This episode. Uh, so, yeah, I guess it comes up a little later when Frazier's like, oh, well, you don't have plans. You should stay tuned for Gil Chesterton's restaurant beat. Right. And uh, I guess that was the first mention of his show and the show name. So huh. intriguing. Huh. Well, old Gil. Then they then they had to do some character development. They're like, "What kind of guy is Gil going to be?" You know, you're right. I don't know that they had the like Gil character in their back pocket yet because he's quite a magnificent man, Gil, both from yeah. his uh, casting. I don't know if he'd even been cast at this point. Probably not. Uh, but the casting and the costuming. He's a bow tie man, as I recall. Gil is bow tie man, but he's a fancy guy. He's a fancy man. I think he came up with some elaborate stories um, for maybe the whereabouts of his wife in the future. I believe that's a common recurring joke for him. Uh, But we don't get to see him yet. Uh, So we start at KACL. Frazier's taking some calls. Again, something about weight loss. Lots of people called in saying they were having weight loss issues and they would call into a therapist. Yeah. That's where you want to call. That's what I was confused about. I was like, certainly they should consult a like legitimate medical doctor or even uh, jenny craig hotline yeah metabolic specialist like some yeah exactly i thought there were dedicated resources for this (laughs) but they call frazier for this apparently (laughs) and uh frazier attempted to correct the weight issues with extensive therapy as Mm. i recall he's like oh well the only way to deal with this is extensive long-term therapy salesman gonna sail (laughs) yeah like he provided no cure there at all it's just like you need to sign up for therapy somewhere and do it for a long time (laughs) long time to delve into your reasons why come on yeah uh so then we get a surprise caller lilith calls into the show um and she disagrees with them. What's uh? Do you remember what this disagreement uh, stemmed from? She, she, yeah, she said that that he needed corrective behavior modification. Right, weight weight issues can be corrected with behavior modification as opposed to like therapy <laughs> sessions. That's correct, Jordan. Which is probably way more on the head than <laughs> than like here's some therapy. Yeah, that. Uh, because I would imagine behavior modification is more similar to just diet and change exercise. Your, yeah, change your lifestyle. Yeah, that's the thing. I was like, there's a metabolic aspect of this, and then there is also like, a, yeah, just modify some of your behavior. Yeah, so. I mean, if it's not genetic or thyroid related, then yeah, I mean, it's going to be. So I believe she accused him of doling out worthless advice pellets from his psychiatric Pez dispenser. That stings. That's a stinger. Yeah, like that seems like that one was loaded in the chamber and ready to go. <laughs> like, she hey, written it down. Yeah, like it was written down on a notes app before there was a notes app. Like she had it on a post-it somewhere she's in pretty, her car. She's clever though. She's clever. She's got some zingers. So she does have some zingers. Man, those snack cakes zingers. 
Did you ever eat the zingers? Yeah, I did. I ate some zingers. I almost bought. They have uh, on sale. They got Mother's Mother's Day cakes, it's like snack <laughs> cakes, right now. And they're like it's like red velvet with like cream in it. Oh, okay. I saw them. I almost bought them. Is that a Hostess or yeah, Little a Debbie little, product? It's a little Debbie. It's a Little Debbie. I don't know that Little Debbie travels across the pond. Do you, they don't have Little Debbie. Anywhere I don't know. Here? Probably not. I, that's an American thing. That's right? what it feels like to me. I feel somebody like without Debbie's. an American palate would taste that and be like, "Way too much sugar." Yeah. Like, what is in? Holy this? crap! This is so sweet. <laughs> What's the best Little Debbie that uh, you go for most of all? What's your common go-to um, or your special one that you have to get when it's around? Zebra, Either one. Zebra cakes. The zebra cakes. Love them. Gotta have zebra cake. Gotta also have. My wife and I were just talking about this. Do you remember spin wheels? Uh, yeah, the those, cinnamon spin wheels. The cinnamon with the pecans in them. Yes, oh, I do. So good. Are those, those gone? Did they kill them? I don't know that little Debbie. Maybe they do. I just don't see them around very often. They're probably just marking them in some other area. It's like, You're right. I don't see those as much. I still see Star Crunch, Star and Crunch. those are terrible. You don't like them anymore? You used to love Star I Crunch. I know, and I think I tried one recently, and I was like, what was I thinking as a child? The They're Star Crunch is atrocious. That's the chewy. thing. It was something like that where I was like, I don't dig this I flavor I used profile. to be able to slam so many. You know, <laughs> your mom, your mom, one time she bought a hundred star a whole pack, a giant like Sam's Club pack uh-huh. of like these fudge brownies. <laughs> right. And one day we were at your house and uh, we'd probably just finished a smoke sesh or something stupid. And I, I this is, I've never heard of that. I ate, I have no idea what that is. I ate in an entire box i mean there was no less than 30 in there all right <laughs> the entire box with think, a big glass of water <laughs> do you think that was your peak potential yeah. do you think like in life that was the most you could have ever eaten at any time oh no doubt like there's <laughs> no way i could just, i would go into a diabetic coma at almost 40 years old if i ate a, a whole box of brownies i do feel that way anytime i look at a uh, package of frozen taquitos where i was oh. like man i I think I used to slam like 22 taquitos at like 3 a.m. They're so slim. Yeah, they're so slim. If I get to seven of those things, I'm like, oh, this is going to hurt tomorrow. (laughs) This is not going to be good for me at all. What have I done to my life? Yeah, getting old sucks. (laughs) What a terrible decision I've made with my... With my evening here, this was certainly except you. Now you like kind of try and justify it. And you're like, well, it's not till tomorrow anyway, so I'm <laughs> I don't. Do just, that. that just means I'm going to wake like, up tomorrow. In tomorrow guy has to deal with that, well, not night guy right now. You're, you're, there is a good, <laughs> there's a good way to living like that. <laughs> no regrets in the moment. <laughs> regrets later, yeah, not now. That's right. Um, so, uh, sorry, Lilith is free for dinner. Um, but yeah, this is where we say Frazier recommends she just listens to Restaurant Beat instead. Yeah. Uh, but Ross suggests, hey, why don't you just ask Lilith out to dinner? <laughs> and uh, for, great, great idea, uh, Ross. Thanks, uh, Ross. Yeah, thanks, Ross. And he immediately starts writing with a Sharpie on a <laughs> sheet of paper there, which is a, a good radio trick. You you definitely have to do that sometimes. Like make little notes and put them up to the glass? Yeah, there's only so many hand signals. Like there's some things you can't give a hand signal for. Sure. Where, like, Christ, I have to give them information. And sometimes you get a little talk back button where you can just talk to your producer. But if you're in the middle of talking, you're going to have to hold something right. up. Like, so there's not much you can do. So 
I was intrigued. What is uh, Fraser writing here? Is this um <laughs> And he actually wrote it too. He, he did. And so he writes it on looks like a notepad or sheet of paper or something. It's a notepad. Holds it up, says, uh, you're fired. Yeah. Donald Trump style just went for it. <laughs> like, oh man, ice cold, Frazier. It's fired. It's gone. And uh and Roz, without skipping a beat, already has a she, manila folder that just says I'm union. Or she whatever. had she had it ready to go. Yeah, it's like this has come up before. <laughs> yeah. So Frazier ill prepared for this situation, but Roz readily prepared to be fired on at any moment. <laughs> so I I appreciate that from Roz. Uh-huh. Uh, so then we go to Frazier's apartment. We see Martin scolding Frazier about the sanctity of divorce. I thought that was funny. <laughs> sanctity of divorce. Exactly. <laughs> I, I do like Marty's old time takes on stuff that <laughs> don't seem to align with <laughs> reality or it's like, what does this have? Yeah. So it was a good play on <laughs> m- most of the time. The older generation would be railing against him for the sanctity of marriage. Right. But he was more <laughs> about like, just stay apart. <laughs> And then we get the weird stuff, which is very, very funny. Uh, Talking about how Lilith is weird. Yeah, and so emphatic on the word weird. Weird, And comparing her as worse than Maris. Yeah, which is surprising. I I think even Niles was surprised by this. That He's like, really? Really? I had no idea you thought so highly of her dad. Right, or that you favored my wife. Yeah, that you favored my (laughs) wife. There you go. It's always competitive. I believe Martin says she's strange, but Lilith is weird. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to just have a talk with Marty sometime about what he really thinks about his kids' life decisions. (laughs) Because... So you know he's proud of them, but like, what do you really think about these uh, rando women they're with here? Right. He's clearly got some thoughts and opinions. I imagine that that Maris is like a lot like Lilith, like small and mousy and like frail, and and Lilith may be small, mousy, and frail, but she is quite a force to be reckoned with. That's she has a power yeah. to her that I think Maris does not convey verbally right. maybe maris is probably more like you know kind of skittish when That's, it comes to that thing. i think she yeah uses um maybe withdrawal as a mechanism <laughs> uh for power sure. versus forcefulness sure. if i were to like again i don't know but just based on what we see here she's always gone she's yeah. in chicago <laughs> i think we find out in a second here that she's not in town on this one again again so <laughs> i think she's constantly leaving niles to create some sense of um longing maybe maybe and then when she does come home seems like she's probably pretty distant for most of the time uh, but then based on the wedding vows we'll hear in a little bit, uh, maybe over-emotional at other times. True, so, true. Uh, so Daphne walks in, has a psychic headache, is what she says, <laughs> due to a negative force in the atmosphere. She's like Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't, but yeah, you're right. It's a good bit. Uh, Niles leaps over the table. Oh my gosh, Jordan's dying I'm over sorry. there. I got allergies this week, man. Yeah, he leaps over the table. Uh, he's actually just got a cocaine drip uh, to no. <laughs> to rub her temples, no. which seems like a hard like hard jump there. Where it's like, oh, let me just touch your head. Like she said, aspirin wouldn't work. I don't know that temple rubbing is rubber. Temple. He jumped over Marty's legs. Hey, you're like, come on, man. Uh, so it gets a little weird there. Um, 
then Niles indicates to Frazier, hey, man, heads up, not going to talk to Lilith when she shows up. Uh, there's some bad blood between still, us. Still mad at her. We had a big fight years ago during uh, during the wedding, mainly because Lilith laughed during Maris's recitation of vows. <laughs> so I guess she was not happy. And we'll, we don't know any of the vows yet, but it's very clear that Maris, or sorry, Lilith remembers Maris's vows very clearly. Uh, they will be brought up. Uh, so Lilith shows up. She embraces Fraser, gazes at him longingly. So the audience doesn't know that there's any love letter that's been written here. Right. We're, we're all in, hey, what's going on? What's, She's in town. Yeah, what's the vibe between these two? We know they're divorced. They live in different cities. She said she's there for a convention. Right. Well, yeah, I forgot to mention that. Uh, but she shows up. And there's almost a uh, longing gaze uh, at Fraser here. So she shows up with a very enchanting energy, not like a ice cold, you know, queen or something like that. Um, but this is where she asks Niles, "Hey, where's Maris? She's uh, visiting her sister in Chicago." And uh, he, she, <laughs> Lilith quickly responds with, "I thought she was sailing up the transplendent river of your love." <laughs> Uh, so it just zinging them. That's, that's what leads me to believe Maris is like overly poet. Like it has to be poetic, but in a terrible way. And like, just so just too intense. And like, yeah, yeah. that's thing. Like we don't know a lot about the Maris character at this point, episode 16 or sure. whatever, but based on the description we have so far, she's always gone and her husband wants nothing to do with her. Seemingly, kind of scared of her but also dismissive at the same time yeah and like definitely sniffing around other other <laughs> opportunities yes <laughs> so Lilith compliments the uh, the apartment uh fraser quickly reminds her that the settlement is final uh then she sits <laughs> down yeah that's a good bit you're like all right like hey you've got some nice stuff here so like and you're not getting any of it <laughs> yeah which also does lead us to believe a very common question on fraser is how how's he getting this money? Like, were these investments that he made that he held privately? You know, so I don't know what the divorce settlement was, right? But this would indicate that she is seemingly surprised by the wealth that he is displaying here that maybe he did not display even a mere year ago. So maybe he sold some stock. Maybe he made off really well. Sure, I doubt the radio contract was some big boy contract right off the bat. He didn't have a lot of endorsers. We saw him just go through the endorsement process a right. few weeks back. So it is odd. Mafia. I don't know. <laughs> You're right, Jordan. Mob stuff. I, I think mob stuff is the thing it is. There's no mob. He's a hitman. He's a hitman. That might be it. That's a nightly, you know, he kind of dresses the part. You know, you're right. Mob guys probably do dress pretty fancily because they don't get messed made with as guys, much. Made guys, made do. guys do. I, I do remember seeing Made with uh, Vince Vaughn and uh, gosh, what's the other guy's name? Favreau. John Favreau. Man, that was a a fun film. That was a fun film. Is that Diddy Puff Daddy? P Diddy was P Diddy in that and Made? I think so. I think he drove a motorcycle or something like that. Wasn't he one of the motorcycle gang guys? I know Wendell was in it. Wasn't Wendell in it? Is is made the one where he, where Favreau's a boxer at the mm -hmm. beginning, and then they have to go. I don't know. 
to some mob thing in Boston or some crap like that. I have to revisit that one. Yeah, you'll have to revisit it clearly. Clearly. How dare you? I told you, all of my mafia stuff comes from like the Sopranos. Don't say the Sopranos. It's the Sopranos. Oh, gosh. What a terrible film. Stop trying to show that to me. Stop sending <laughs> me that link. Stop sending please. me this. <laughs> please stop. <laughs> Uh, so Lilith sits down on the couch. Eddie jumps up there, and I believe she just says, go away yeah. or get away, something like that. Go away. Go away. And uh, Frazier's confused. Why does he always listen to you? Or why does he listen to you but not listen to me? And <laughs> she says it's because of the tone in her voice. And mm. this is where Marty really does just cut the tension through these scenes. It's like, geez, I almost took a half step back <laughs> when I heard the sound of her <laughs> voice or whatever. So I did... I do like that even Martin is scared. Oh, whatever, yeah. So. And, and Mar- like the entire series, he's always scared of, of her. I wonder what she did to make him feel that way when they were married, obviously. I mean, just imagine them. Great like, question. Because she's Jewish. So imagine her coming over for like Christmas dinner at Marty's house where Marty is a Christmas guy and a very, you know, straight edge, normal Gentile man. Uh, not gentle, Gentile. That's, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. We haven't met that dancing Santa yet, have we? No. I, th- I don't think that's this season's Christmas one we already hit. Uh, I know. Uh, I love uh, Jordan's <laughs> doing the dance. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. Jeez, I just remembered that damn Santa shirt from last week, and <laughs> it just got in my head. This Dear one's God. not as quite as distracting. Yeah, I know. I'm not even. I don't have to look at that thing at all. Thank God. <laughs> I'm not letting that damn shirt take over this episode too. I'm gonna try and find some more shirts that I think are gonna mess you up. Please do not. <laughs> um, so Lilith is happy to see Martin. We get the two of them in a scene just together, and she makes a quick joke about how uh, hell must have frozen over because he's living with Fraser now. Right. So she checked the weather report. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Then at the end of this scene. Finally, Frazier asks, uh, hey, how's Freddie doing? Finally, the question comes up. (laughs) Yeah, the thing is, like, don't you all talk pretty frequently? Like, you share a child together. I would imagine you guys are in communication every couple weeks at the most, right? But everything about this episode implies that they have not talked. In a year. In a year. Or since that conversation at Christmas where she bailed and took him over to... Whatever it was, um, Switzerland right. or whatever. Right, they they right. were on the phone then. I think that's the only other conversation I can well, recall. Maybe he just talks to Freddie. Could, so like could maybe, be. you know, Freddie because Freddie's old that's enough true. to call him. That's true. Interesting. Mm. But yeah, and so I think she says he's out at camp for a few weeks. Then we're still at Fraser's apartment. Martin's telling old police stories while Lilith tries to analyze him. Uh, he's just screwing with her a little bit. Everyone's heading to bed. Niles is leaving the apartment. Frazier then quickly tries to break up the tension between Niles and Lilith. He says, hey, you know, um, years ago, you uh, you guys have some bad blood between you. Let's try to solve this here real quick. Um, she mentions the vows again, um, but Lilith does apologize, and Niles is overwhelmed with excitement like she, jumps like a school like child begrudgingly apologized yeah like, she's like go ahead but i'm just gonna say day, like fraser spirit fraser of, like made her apologize yeah it was like reluctantly in the spirit of family harmony fine i apologize <laughs> or whatever yeah so niles was totally cool with that th- that's, <laughs> it, yes exactly it was a very like 
professional type of apology where it's right. like, if I'm forced to do this for the sake of the company, fine, I'll make this apology. We, <laughs> we, uh, you know, we apologize for any inconvenience we've caused, you know, the, it's exactly what it felt like. <laughs> yeah. but Niles thrilled to have it says he wants to go out to dinner alone with her next time. And <laughs> I don't think that's when they hook up, but they'll Soon. get there eventually. <laughs> yeah. uh, so after he leaves, it's just Fraser and Lilith. They gaze at the view off the balcony, and then Lilith reveals, there is no convention here, Fraser. You know why I'm here. I'm here because of that letter you left in my apartment last month when you were visiting Fraser. Or Freddy. Freddy, yeah. Sorry. So clearly they saw each other last month. We okay. know that at least. Um, and the love letter she reads, it's basically just a, hey, let's give this another go. Like I still love you. And, and, yeah. Right. My feelings have not changed. Uh, I believe it even signs off the letter with uh, love will keep us together. Mm which is uh, a Captain and Tennille line um, <laughs> that Lilith quickly calls out. And one of my favorite parts of that uh, <laughs> bittersweet motel documentary years ago, yeah. I think there was a little love will keep us together section. <laughs> um, unfortunately, that letter was not left at the apartment a month prior. No. It was almost a year ago. And it must have fallen behind the dresser, is what Lilith uh, reveals. She said she found it behind the dresser or something, or the cleaning crew must have. I think so, yeah. I think somebody knocked it. Yeah. Uh, but this letter was written almost a year ago, before Fraser even moved to Seattle. So? What do you think Fraser thought? Because he left that letter, and so he would have just thought, like, oh, she must have read it and then just never said anything. Correct. So, I mean, yeah, yeah just, or, it, it would just be like that would that would change the dynamic on his end of the relationship. I suppose, yes. Because if you had feelings for somebody and then you like let's give this last ditch letter and then you just assume that they had seen it mm -hmm. and then they never mention it, it's just kind of like, okay, well, that didn't work. You know what I mean? And so I guess that probably spurred him to move on, which spurred well, his feelings to no doubt. go away. Uh, of course, correct. Yeah. So up until the moment he found out about it, undoubtedly, he would have no other thought in his mind. Right. It would be embarrassing to follow up on something like that. So move on or that what would have you. Hey, uh, have that letter go over. Get that letter. So I don't know. Like, I don't think we're in on the backstory as to like, hey, so how did you decide to move to Seattle? Did you just get a radio job yeah. out of the blue. I mean, that's always been a mystery to me. Yeah. Cause I would imagine Marty he, lived there, right? Marty lived there. Yeah. So he needed that or he didn't need assistance at that time, but yes, Marty and his brother lived there. So, all right, I'll go back home to my family. And then maybe he just applied for radio jobs. Probably cause he wasn't on the radio before he would see yeah. a private practice. So he, he decided to move back home based on this letter, not being requited. No, he probably decided to move back home cause Marty got shot in the head. Well, no, but he wasn't shot at that point. He wasn't yet. yet. I don't think so. No, I always thought that was the reason. Like he gets a call. Oh, my, my dad got shot in the hip. He's not. He's retiring, and I and I need to move home now. I guess, but he was so pain in. I'm, you're right. I think Marty had been shot in the hip. I don't think he needed any assistance at that point in time, though, because yeah, they but, make him move in on episode one. Yeah. So I don't know. I wonder. I wonder if that's the ultimate reason. But either way, that would have nothing to do then with 
He would have had to have secured the job because he came to Seattle, got that apartment, yeah, that's immediately, and had a job immediately. So he would have he would have been maybe there was some connection and moving. Maybe on, it was Woody. It could be Woody. Maybe Woody. Did. Somebody forced him out. But the moving on with your life thing, <laughs> I'm like, I get it to a degree. But this woman you gave it to just found it a a month ago or something like that, or over the last couple weeks. So. To her, this is all fresh, and this was the reaction you were looking to elicit a year ago hmm. to a certain degree here, and it sounds like you were going to move to Seattle either way because your old man got shot. Right. Or So, like, even if she had responded, you were going to have to move to Seattle and figure this out yeah. if that was the purpose for it. So, yeah. huh. interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, so... Yeah, Frazier's quickly just like I don't even yeah it's I didn't even write that. Uh, so Lilith leaves. Um, <laughs> she's embarrassed. Her purse gets stuck in the door. She has to ring the doorbell to get out of there. It's a funny scene ending. Yeah. Then we go to Nervosa. Frazier explaining the situation to Niles. Niles is reading the letter and uh, asks, "Hey, didn't Captain and Tennille write this line?" <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a very good callback right <laughs> at the end of the scene there. Um and. Frazier wrestles with the feelings he had before he left Boston. Um, and he asks Niles what he should do. And this is some of the better, like, new heart style writing I've seen here, where it really exposes how much a lot of therapists don't do anything but just kind of ask you your own feelings on what you're trying to say or make you articulate something without leading you too much. Sure. Um, so when Frazier's like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Ed Niles says, all right, well, like most people who come to a therapist, you already know the answer to the question you're posing. You just want me to agree with your opinion. Back to Frazier, I don't have an opinion. Niles, I'm sure you do. Frazier, I don't. Niles, then I can't help you. <laughs> so it's essentially, hey, if you don't know what the hell you want to do, don't even come ask a therapist because it's not my job to tell you what to do. Right. Basically, like I'm just going to keep asking you what you want to do over and over and over again, just reframing the the question to you to a degree here. Just trying to change your way of thinking so you can discover it for yourself. Right. And it's a, a weird game because Niles really does just keep rephrasing questions on him, unfortunately, <laughs> and just keeps goading Fraser into admitting that he would like to re-explore some old feelings over a discussion at dinner. I guess it seems like Frazier's initial thought was to not do anything about it. It yeah. seems like Frazier's thought the day before was, no, I've moved on with my life. This is fine. And then talking to Niles just made him question his initial thoughts more than anything. Sure. Where Niles easily could have shut it down or not even asked him about what all the other items were. <laughs> you know, like Niles, you could be like, no, dude, you divorced this woman for a reason. Come on. We've all seen this before. You don't get back together with a woman you divorced eight months ago or whatever. S respect the sanctity of divorce, man. A little bit. Or like, look out for your brother. You already knew this sucked for him eight months ago or whatever. Sure. Like it wasn't that long is what it seems like. Right. So it was a little odd. Mm. Then we go right to Lilith's hotel. Dear God. Um, Frazier and Lilith are headed out to dinner. And then it doesn't get far. Before they go, they start making out, and then it's, uh, quote, on like Donkey Kong is what I wrote here. Um, 
So yeah, like there's not much that happens in this front part of the scene. Frazier just shows up. He puts a jacket on her and then they just start making Yeah, he's out. like, you want to bag dinner? Yeah, you want to bag yeah. dinner? Which is where it's very obvious that they're just still physically attracted to each other. Yeah, I think that's anyone after divorce. I haven't seen Fraser hook up a ton yeah. in the Which last is, uh, eight months. Understandable. I've already expressed my uh, my. Please continue. I don't I, know where this is going, but please I've, keep talking. I've already expressed my attraction to to Lilith. I don't know why, but I find her super hot. Uh, it's fine. Uh, I, <laughs> you're totally fine. There's nothing wrong with admitting that here. This is a safe <laughs> space. A safe place. You're fine. <laughs> you're totally fine admitting that here. Oh. <laughs> so, yes, like I said, most likely just physical attraction in this particular moment here. Um, so then we cut to next morning, Lilith's Hotel. Frazier awakens next to Lilith <laughs> and appears horrified. And it's funny, too, because it's like you, you would have that reaction if you were like drunk and you slept with somebody and you're like, oh, what have I done? But I mean, I guess it's more so just like the heat of the moment took over. And now he's like, damn it. <laughs> Why did I do that? I suppose. Yeah. And I, I'm amazed she doesn't get to the same place sooner. Sure. Honestly, I mean, she did come to Seattle to try and win him back. So. Well, that makes it all the worse. You didn't even get to go out to dinner. You just hooked up with the dude as soon as he showed up at the hotel. <laughs> it's like, geez, Lilith, at least go out to eat with him or something like have a conversation before you're like, you know what? Yesterday was great at dinner with your folks or whatever, or Marty and Niles. Let's just do this. Let's just hop in bed. So it seemed like that defeated the purpose of re-exploring feelings. Yeah. It seemed like it was just let's hook up yeah. and it's fine. You can do that. Um, make some great comedy here. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so Lilith rolls over onto Frazier uh, while he checks his watch. It's very clear he wants out of this joint yes. pretty damn quick. Uh, room service arrives to drop off breakfast. You ever order a uh, room service, Jordan? Yeah. 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 How much do eggs cost in now at room service? Oh, I don't know about now, but oh. <laughs> that, was, that was a while ago. Probably an arm and a leg. When's Probably get a whole chicken for the for the cost of how much the eggs cost. Oh, yeah, for well, sure. When was the last time you just had like a fancy hotel breakfast? Um, Because that's just about as much up there. Room service is an arm and a leg. It's been a long time since I've done it too because it's just so expensive i mean fancy hotel breakfast long time yeah. for fancy but like hotel breakfast hotel breakfast. i'm all about a hotel we, i mean when we when we pick hotels like when we go out and we're actually gonna stay at hotels it's very important and, and like i make sure that it's not continental because that's a no. trick bullshit They're tricking you yeah <laughs> that's total bullshit. crap i don't want to make toast total BS. and eat a bagel i want a full i want the whole magilla mm -hmm. right and so we we make sure that we book places that have Full uh -huh. breakfasts. Full breakfast. Um, we stayed at this cool place uh, not too long ago. I forget where we were coming back from. We are coming back from Florida, I think, driving back from Florida. We stayed at this place. And they Florida, had, my guy. Yeah, and they had, a, they had a whole full breakfast, and it was glorious it was they had they had like a guy making drinks and like they had like a uh -huh. you could make pancakes and you could sausage and the cereal portion and mm -hmm. yeah that's why I, I do you for go that. for the meat section mainly Absolutely. or do you go for the pastries because no, they the, typically do have a good uh selection of pastries and fresh fruit they do have pastries and fresh fruit which i stay far far away from oh I, come on I, no i mean i eat I, I do but i i love i love breakfast sausage and i love bacon um, uh, big time and so i'll get like 
a whole plate of that, and then like you know, some I gotta get my eggs and my hash browns. Um, and I understand. I'm not a big bread guy. Never really have been. I mean, I I like a pancake. I like a uh, I like a you know a pastry or, or a waffle, um, but not as much as I like some bacon. Yeah, I like all of those things. Mm-hmm. I go for the like Mexican breakfasts a lot more, like Ooh. the chilaquiles and the migas Ooh, and like the yeah. breakfast tacos. Yeah. So I'll typically try to fashion one of those, and if they they got some black beans out or something like that, I'll make it go. But there's nothing wrong with the good traditional syrupy pancakey sausage breakfast. Yeah, there's a place we go uh, when we go up to Arkansas. We we like to go to this place in Arkansas. That's, oh, Arkansas. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, Eureka Springs, Arkansas. And there's a place called Mud Street Cafe, <laughs> and uh, you get that Mud Street breakfast, baby. Ooh, you get you get. What a beautiful product integration for Mud, Mud Street. Street. <laughs> they paid us a lot of money for that. <laughs> Thanks, Mud Street. Appreciate Thanks, it. Mud Street Cafe. Appreciate that. My best room service experience okay. was at the Omni Hotel Dallas. All right. And I ordered. We went. What was her name? It was my wife. Oh, gotcha. Sorry, sorry. Oh, okay. I'm uh, sorry. And we went for Valentine's Day. I caught like a, a uh-huh. real good a real good deal. Like somebody bailed on the room. And I was like, holy crap, oh. I can get this room for a night for like 70 bucks. And so oh, like the old murder room. Did right. that. Well, yeah, it was a murder room. It was like facing a wall. <laughs> it was <like> real crappy. <laughs> but it was at the Omni. It was oh, great. No one stayed there since 78. We, <laughs> <laughs> it's room 323. Huh? We uh, don't flip the mattress. We um got room service and i got there they had a texas sized chicken fried steak and you know how for i breakfast? am no it was okay. not for breakfast it was for <laughs> dinner a, come on it was just a room service it you wasn't breakfast eat that much cream gravy in the morning <laughs> yes, you can it was it was uh it was it had its own plate it was the size <laughs> of it was the size of like a world map. All it right. was massive, and it was so <laughs> Rand good. McNally brand chicken fried Dude, steak. it was amazing. I ate the entire thing. I ate the whole thing, and instantly regretted it. That was uh-huh. one. Of, that was one of yeah. the worst. What just Let me start my Valentine's Day with a big slab of chicken yeah, fried and steak. And I was like, oh, I'm going to take a shower. And then I ate that chicken fried steak and I was like, oh, I can't even move now. And because the shower was real nice or a fancy shower. So did you get it on like Donkey Kong after that chicken fried <laughs> no, steak? No. Like, good God. No, bro. We're married. And I mean, <laughs> not, that, not that there's not, you know. I mean, the, the chicken fried chicken steak, fried steak uh, took me appetizer out. is took tough. me out. That's I was t- like, I'm sleeping in this bed. <laughs> <laughs> I got to sleep separate right now because I'm just too bloated. There's not enough room. The most romantic Valentine's Day story I've ever yeah, heard. That's, that's, a, that's a beautiful story. That's marriage, baby. I don't even think we were married at that point. Actually. Okay. Yeah, but then it's allowed. You're yeah. fine. She was All still good. like my, just my fiance or my girlfriend even <laughs> at that point. Sorry, babe. I love you. <laughs> but I love that chicken fried steak. <laughs> I love so me much some chicken fried steak. Don't you try and get in between me and my chicken fried steak. Oh, uh, <laughs> So Lilith quickly looks at the breakfast order and says, it's a mistake. <laughs> um, and Frazier, not looking at Lilith, misinterprets this. This is a... He took it as an opportunity. Yeah, that, It was that an too. out for him. Um, so Frazier misinterprets and just unloads about what a bad idea it was for them to hook up. You know, I've moved on with my life. I live in a different city now. All this other crap. And then Lilith, understandably devastated and crying here mm. uh, like it, you quick it doesn't take long to quickly side with 
Lilith on this one uh, when that she poor starts woman. Yeah, a little bit yeah. where you start breaking. She starts breaking him down and says, hey, "Well, I'm not even really mad at you. I'm mad at myself. I would imagine probably for flying out there." not really discussing anything with this guy. They didn't even get into the letter until late last night, and then they just hooked up as right. soon as they saw each other. And then the big thing, hey, I've been lonely and raising a kid on my own, man, which is probably the most valid point I've heard from anyone that, like, Martin, Niles, <laughs> nobody mentions. Is like, It sounds like he went back last month. But she still does have to raise a she's, damn kid. Yeah, like, she's raising his son. Yeah, like I don't know how much he sends back for nanny support or anything else like that, but it's still raising a kid pretty much solo where it's like, Dad will be back in town in a few weeks, Junior. <laughs> you know, like, maybe it's okay, but like they didn't see each other at Christmas, we know. Well, she so, took him to Switzerland. That's fine. Yeah. So, but, you know, it's still raising someone by yourself to a degree. Like, so <sighs> that, that's where I was like, yeah, Frazier, um, you probably should have at least had some dinner last night so you could get all this stuff out beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> like, so that would. Jumping in the sheets. Yeah, that would kind of have been the point of going out to dinner, but outstanding comedy nonetheless. So I appreciate <laughs> it. Um, I like how you wrote Fraser gives her a crappy pep, pep talk. Yeah, she gets to. Yeah, so um, then that's pretty much how she uh, she convinces herself or she reveals like, hey, I don't even really want to get back to you. I probably just convinced myself to come out here because I was super lonely. But yeah. yes and no. Um, but then, yeah, Frazier gives her a crappy pep talk about, God, I don't even remember. They look in the mirror. I remember that. And yep. then I can't remember many specifics of his, if he's like, you're a good mom. Or like, I don't even remember what he says to her. But like, I don't think he's like, I'm going to come out there more. You do need to be supported more. With more. <laughs> like, there was none yeah. of that. Like, hey, I understand your concerns. Those are some valid points you're making here about how our arrangement is affecting you and our child. You're like, right. This is a partnership. We're in this, we're in this you know, co-parenting thing together. Yeah, I did move to another city. <laughs> another state. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Across the country. Across the country. That does seem like it would be difficult for you. Uh, so, 3,000 miles away. <laughs> yeah. Maybe since you're lonely, we should talk a little bit more frequently or, you know, something along those lines where it's uh, more cordial. Joel or That's something. Sad. Lilith could pull many, many dudes in Boston. <sighs> yes, I don't think that's what she's doing. She's raising a child. That's the thing. Frazier gets to go out and cruise on his own. Like, there's nobody around every night for Frazier. She's still got, like, orchestra practice or whatever Freddie's doing at night. Like, you can't just kick it off on a nanny so you can go out and date. Frazier looked down on that model for doing that. That's true. Like, Frazier's like, no, you need to be at home raising your... Frazier's a real asshole. Yeah, he's you know, like, he's kind of contradictory. He's like, a wait lot. a minute. <laughs> the more I look at Frazier, the more I'm really concerned you with know, this, this man. This podcast is really changing <laughs> our viewpoint. Boy. What a piece of garbage, <laughs> Frazier. God. Uh, <laughs> then we get to the credits. Used to I used to love that guy. I used to love him. <laughs> God. <laughs> Frazier, you suck. <laughs> So then we get to the credits. Daphne's laid up on the couch. Uh, she's got the same headache. They do a funny cut to the airplane, to the exterior of an airplane taking off. Uh, then Daphne lifts up from the couch in relief. As, as if, if it's all gone. Yeah. So it's a, it's a funny little gag. Like Lilith is this 
like I said, super powerful force. That's like, yes, it's supernatural. I meant uh, that just oversees like the yeah, it did. It oversees the entire city of Seattle. <laughs> Every psychic in town is messed up in the head because Lilith is around. It's like Maleficent or something. Like, it's just... oh, that's true. I don't think I saw or I did see that one, but it's been a long time. It's been a while since I saw that one too. Who is Maleficent? Who was that? The the woman that gave Cinderella the apple, no? Well, no. <laughs> I know that part. What actress? Do you know what, like, uh, sorry, that's my mistake. Oh, like who played her yeah, in like the movie? Who play, who I think played. it was Angelina Jolie. That's what I thought. I was trying to make sure. I was like, was that Angelina Jolie? I think Jolie? it was Angelina Jolie. Okay. One of Brad Pitt's ex. One of his many notches. Yeah. I wonder how many notches Brad Pitt's notched up since the 90s. Come on, man. That's, well, he was married for a long that's time, an right? Extensive belt. Is he married now, or is he on the prowl? I heard that he uh, he and either Jennifer Aniston or Jennifer Lopez were getting back together because no, he, he was with, both with Lopez. Is it yeah, Affleck? No, Affleck is with Lopez. Affleck. They're married now. Okay, maybe that was. I think maybe him and him and Aniston might be getting, potentially getting back together. Or something. And potentially, I don't. Yeah, I don't know who she's with right now. I don't follow either one of them. I don't know. I don't know who Aniston's with. I was going to say Trudeau, but that was years ago. You know, She's we were ta- we were talking guy. the other day. You still plan on start, you still plan on starting a fight club <laughs> someday? Someday you think so? Um, the problem with a fight club is I'm really small and I'm going to get my ass kicked. Mm, that's part of it, though. Well, yeah, but I don't want to get my ass kicked. Can I just like organize it and then like not? Fight? Ed Norton was really small. <laughs> Not really. He's pretty jacked. I mean, he took his shirt off. I mean, he's still a movie star. So, okay. Talk about jacked when you take a shirt off. You want to talk about the movie Jack? I want to Robin talk- Williams. <laughs> I want to talk about this. Ku, uh, Kumal, Kumail Nanjiani. Mm-hmm. Do you know who he Nanjiani, is? Nanjiani, yeah. Is it Nanjiani? Uh, Nanjiani? Kumail Nanjiani, Nanjiani, I'm pretty sure. That uh, hilarious. Love that guy. Loved mm-hmm. loved him in Silicon Valley. That was obviously the first exposure that I got to. Him. I'm the biggest fan of the Big Sick. Was my yeah most gr- favorite Kamale. Ha- he wrote that. One. Have you seen him this year? I know he's jacked up for the superhero. Super movies. jacked. Mm-hmm. Like s- super duper. Like I saw him and I was like, damn. I was mm-hmm. like, damn, yeah. bro. Uh huh. Unreal. How people are doing this? How are they doing this, Steve? Well, they get paid a lot to do it, and I I personally think it's unhealthy. I don't think you should set that standard for others like us. I mean, it is absolutely like, mentally. You can't be in the gym for 10 hours a day and then just like show that off to us normies. And be like, look, like, it's it's not that hard. Yeah, I did it's it. And I was a nerd a year ago. And yeah, like, you look at yeah. like Chris Pratt. You know what I mean? Like Chris Pratt did it. Chris Jim Pratt. Halpert did it. <laughs> Jim Halpert did it less. I think Jim Halpert was always pretty, not jacked, but I think he was always pretty <laughs> athletic, athletic. Yeah. yeah. As in Kumal or Kamel. Pratt and, wasn't. And Pratt was not. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. I think Pratt was. I miss through. old Pratt. I mean, I love new Chris Pratt. Don't get me wrong. He's no, great. I, I haven't no. seen. Have, did you see Chris Did you Pratt. see the Mario movie with your kids yet? Yeah, but screw new Chris Pratt. He's like divorced everyone and with a Schwarzenegger now. And he's oh, really? Jack. He's yeah. with a Schwarzenegger daughter? Yeah, he's with Catherine Schwarzenegger. Oh. I think I think that's his daughter, I'm pretty sure. Oh, boy. Now, he's a part of that whole air now. I didn't know that. He's just out there flexing his pecs with Arnold <laughs> making him dance. I miss old Chris Pratt. I miss, I know. I miss Parks and Rec Chris Pratt. I miss Strangers with Candy movie Chris Pratt. He was in that? Yeah, he was like a dumb jock, like 12, 15. God, that's probably 20 years ago now at this point. <sighs> I miss OC Chris Pratt. He was in all that stuff years ago. That. 
So he more started as like a an auxiliary team guy. character. Well, definitely an auxiliary guy for sure. Um, but I think a lot of people wanted him to do like teen stuff as not a heartthrobby guy, but like it's like a Sean William Scott scenario, uh, something like that. And then he just came off too funny in dramatic roles. I think he was on Deadwood years and years ago really? as well. Yeah, I think he was in that as like, again, very small role, but he had a look. Huh. Um, but I think once he started talking, people are like, you come off pretty You're funny. Hilarious. Yeah. Man. So I think once he more leaned into the comedic side, it, it I wish started he would go taking back off. Back to that because, like, yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. Like, he doesn't do, he doesn't flex that muscle anymore. He it's got like, a taste of Jurassic Park or Jurassic yeah. World, and he was like, oh man. And he's a superhero. Right. And I'm sure he's a nice guy from everything I understand about how he stuck up for the other Jurassic Park cast members like Bryce Dallas Howard and like pay fairness and balance. I think he's done a great job there. But yes, I want the goofy Chris Pratt back and the the fun time. So let's hope it doesn't happen to to Kamal because. Oh, it already has. Has it? Yeah. Because he took a superhero role. That's why he did it. He's in a Marvel movie. So yeah, those make a lot of money. And once you're in those things, it's like, hey, they've already greenlit 20 more. I was about to say, there's, <laughs> there's going to be 95 of these things. So. Great. I'm in. <laughs> like, God damn it, guys. <laughs> you know, like, will you just make something that's good for once? Oh, Sorry man. to all my Marvel fans out there. I loved you and I don't at mm. the same time. Mm. So now on to our sideshow. Oh, God. One of the biggest wastes of my time ever was watching an episode of Mad About You. I didn't pay attention to this one very much, just so you know. Stop. Um, I paid attention. There was very few laughs in this. Yeah. Like, I understand what the show was now. I did not watch it when I was a kid. But this is like a rom-com Hallmark show without any calm. Like, there's very little calm. It's just rom. It's a lot of rom. Yeah, and and no Twister references. Like, why not? <laughs> I didn't expect many Twister references. I don't know that it had come out yet. I think Twister was like 95, 96. Oh, so she hadn't even done I it I don't yet. think she'd done Twister at this point. That's a letdown. Uh, yeah, I don't know that she was uh, that level of starlet yet. Mm. I think as good as it gets and all those things were later. Mm. So, mm. yeah, she might have been in some films, feature films. Uh, she's a big star, but, but I don't Twister. think Twister had happened yet. So, yeah, this show stars Helen Hunt and Paul Reiser. Uh, Paul plays Paul. Helen Hunt plays a woman named Jamie. What happened in this episode? Do you think that they... <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt you. You're but fine. Do you think that, that, like, whenever somebody has named their real name, it's just because of the fact that they keep messing up their cues, and they're like, God, just name him your... Just go by your name. No. Is it just because Paul yes. Reiser was Paul Reiser? That's Kind of like Will Smith? Or? Well, now, Will is different. Um, I don't know why they made Will Will, but Paul was an existing stand-up that people knew by name, and similar to Seinfeld, where they're like, we're going to call you Jerry. Right. It, like, okay. And same thing with um, Tim Allen. They're like, we're going to call you Tim uh, in the show because okay, people yeah, know yeah, you yeah. as Tim. That's we're not going to try to rebrand you as... A character. Yeah, you're not Jimmy, the you know local handyman. So it seems to be like whenever a stand-up, like Roseanne, like whenever a stand-up gets a show, they just keep their name. I think that's more what it was. Oh, so okay. Will Smith, though, it, I'm not saying that it was because he kept messing up his lines. That may have been just because it was more relatable where they're like, no, you're Will. That's the perfect character name. Yeah. Just go with Will yeah. or whatever. So huh. like, we don't want to call you Robbie. Or Marcus or something. Yeah, like, like, we don't want to call you that. Just be Will. Yeah. But you're right. A bunch of other sitcoms, I don't remember them doing it. The later on it goes, like Tina Fey's name is not 
Tina, mm-hmm. is it, in mm-hmm. 30 Rock? 30 Rock's a different format, though, of a show. It's not exactly a sitcom. That's thing, like, they don't call, like, Steve Carell Steve as the head of the office. It's Michael. Okay. Well, that's because they're not stand-ups or whatever. Right. And, like, you wanted to Those separate Those are sketch them. comedy Yeah, actors, like, yeah, so, so huh. it did not maintain that formula as it moved on. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> so in this one... Christy Brinkley appears as herself. Yes, she does. As Paul's image of the perfect woman when he dons a computerized helmet and set of gloves. <laughs> one glove. It was just one. Okay, thank you. One <laughs> glove. Unfortunately, he makes the mistake of telling Jamie, who returns the favor by strapping on the virtual reality gear and encountering Andre Agassi. <laughs> what a... What a hell of an episode synopsis, right? I still feel like Andre Agassi was the wrong cast. Like, they should have gotten Fabio, because Fabio was huge at that time. Get Fabio. You're right. I don't know. It has to be some, like, NBC sports deal with Agassi. Where they're no, like, Look, we just bought sense. the rights to tennis on NBC. We've Who's got the hottest guy on tour? It had, that's what it felt like to me or whatever. Because, <laughs> yeah, Christy Brinkley and... Andre Agassi, <laughs> Agassi, you're like, all righty. What about uh, John, John Favreau, John, oh, John Favreau, John, Favreau. John, John McEnroe, John McEnroe. <laughs> so I was like, I don't think you mean Favreau, John, John McEnroe, Johnny Mac, John Mac. Oh man, I don't know that he would, he would just yell the whole time, right? Back in he's those hilarious, days. honestly. Yeah, like, he's you, great. You've now. seen him as a comedy actor and like Curb. Yes. Remember that episode of Curb? Yes. He <laughs> he's great in Mr. Deeds and stuff yeah. like that. And so there's some random stuff. He's like, Johnny Mac. McEnroe's great. Hanging out with Sandler late at night, getting drunk and shit. Dude, did you hear? I heard buzzes on Happy Gilmore on the radio. Stuff? Yeah, the Happy Gilmore stuff. You mm-hmm. heard about that? I did. I've not looked into it that's much. That's cool. I, I heard that yesterday. KT was talking about it. I was like, wow. That's true. KT, that's right. KT Fun Tweets. That's Kevin Turner from 971 The Freak, a delightful local Dallas radio station where. You can hear me occasionally. Occasionally. I do, I do have a colored. weekly Saturday show <laughs> from 11 to noon, sometimes 11 to 2 uh, Central Time. Yeah, that's what you Dallas, people don't realize. You, you people, that's what y'all don't realize is that Steve, uh, I've mentioned Steve's a, a little uh, minor celebrity here in, in town. <laughs> but I, I do go by a different name, and it really drives other people nuts. I what, say. the strip mall Steve? Mm-hmm. <laughs> people are like, why? He's <laughs> like, why not? Why not? <laughs> Like, what does that name mean? I'm like, Strip Mall Steve. You should just change it every once in a while and be like, Stump Mill Steve. And <laughs> Stump be, Mill Steve. Stump Mill Steve. Be like, wait a minute. Wasn't it Strip Mall Steve? And it's always been Stump Mill Steve. Like, what You've been you, saying it wrong. Yeah, what do you like about Stump Mill Steve? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What don't I like? What are you talking about? They're fun. <laughs> Isn't this how this works? <laughs> so we start mad about you. But yeah, give it a listen sometimes. Thank you, KT. <laughs> um, we start this episode in their apartment, I assume. Um, Jamie and Paul's apartment. Yeah. Cousin Ira is there. Is that uh, who that is? Yeah, it's Cousin Ira. Apparently, he's also the landlord. So I think he's Paul's cousin. And he owns the And building. he owns the building. Okay. Yeah, I had to look that up because I was like, what the hell's the relationship with this guy? I didn't realize they were so New Yorky. It, this is very New Yorky. I, I didn't realize that either. Yeah. Because he was like, "Oh, I gotta fix the radiator." Yeah. I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> that, that, yes. I was like that. I didn't know I was like New Yorky like that. <laughs> yeah, that's probably why I didn't watch much of this. Where I was like, "I am not connecting too much right now." Like Seinfeld <laughs> way, didn't have way that. too far south for yeah. this. It was more a caricature when yeah. Seinfeld did it, <laughs> yeah. or when The Simpsons did it. Not like a principal character named Ira just talking at people. <laughs> um, so he's pitching Paul on investing in a virtual reality company, 
And uh, Palta doesn't uh, seem to believe the idea at all. But this is where I think there was an NBC deal. He's watching Andre Agassi on TV. So they set up that he's watching tennis right. at the beginning of the show. Right. So NBC is showing a character watching tennis. So I think NBC probably had tennis rights at this time. Um, they're going to show the the what Wembley Cup or something. I think they usually showed the U.S. Open. Yeah, they okay. they might have had Wimbledon rights back then. Did or something I call it like Wembley? That. What Wem- is that? You did Wembley is a stadium uh, overseas. <laughs> it's where a lot of concerts or soccer matches happen. I don't know. Oh. Don't judge me off my stadium knowledge, British people. Sports. I know y'all judge me bad. Um, judge me poorly, I should say. It's not soccer. It's football. <laughs> football. football. You're right. I did say soccer. They're going to string me up, Here man. Come the messages. Here come the pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was telling them, hey, man, you know, you just invest a quick uh, 10 grand. And we can make a million bucks, you know, and I guess he wants him to put up five grand and Ira's going to put up five grand or something like that. In that company? In this VR company. Meta. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> later became Meta. So the <laughs> company is run by an... This is 94. I don't think this became Meta quite yet. That would have had to be like 2000 or 98 when Facebook launched. It wasn't quite then. I don't think. <laughs> uh, but not far off. You're not wrong. Uh, so the company is run by an engineer for a toy company who went solo. So we don't know who the engineer is yet. Hmm. Ira eventually lures Paul in um, with some creepy perv stuff. Like I think he shows him like an old videotape and is like, hey, you remember this old broad? Wouldn't you like to touch your boobs? That's the first thing that anybody does with VR, though. That's what's annoying. That's it's the like, very first thing that anybody's going to do with VR. Clearly. Porn. I know, and I had no idea that that's what it was. I didn't know it was going to go there. Not in this episode. No, in no the first g- scene where I was like, oh. I thought it was going to look like Tron from the 80s or something. <laughs> yeah, and I do remember the Tim Allen Home Improvement episode where he gives Jill like massive knockers yeah, on the VR always, thing. You're porn. like, what are we doing here, guys? <laughs> like, it's fine. It's just what an odd message to send on network TV. In what, the it, what it shows is that that is our, that is our instinct as humans with <laughs> virtual reality is as just TV writers. Porno. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, um, so that's what he's like, hey, you know, you could uh, you could make it feel real like you're really touching this lady. And Paul's in. He's like, all right, yeah, sure. I'll go to a meeting tomorrow at 2 p.m. with this uh, toy engineer guy. <laughs> and then my next note was, the jokes are awful. So we get through the whole first scene, and I'm like, there was barely a joke in there, and what the audience was laughing at was not jokes. Yeah, this like, is deep season two. You'd think that they would have kind of a, a formula for like comedy at this point, but maybe it's just this episode. Who knows? Yeah, and it would just be like, hey, Paul, what's the meeting about? <laughs> like, there was no why, joke. Why there. is that funny? Yeah, I was like, that's not. Oh, just a meeting with some guy. Yeah. <laughs> not to piss off any mad about shoe fans, but yeah. it's, <laughs> and, and the romantic elements and the personal storylines, I will say, are relatable. So I think from the storyline relatability for most married couples, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Like, hey, at some point you might have an investment opportunity come up that you discuss with your wife. And you might cheat, on, you might cheat on your wife in virtual reality. Well, that's where it goes a little off. So next scene, we go to the meeting with the engineer. We see a child running this <laughs> VR glove and headset, and it is the kid from the Mighty Fucking Ducks. Which kid? It's the little uh, leather jacket kid. 
Oh, oh. Yeah, that was this guy. Really? They barely show his face. His head's down most of the time yeah, in this yeah, episode. Yeah, pop up. Yeah, like he's just kind of like looking down at a computer screen the whole time while he's like setting up this VR thing. But I looked it up. I was like, who is that kid? He kind of looks like a child actor, I remember. And yeah, Mighty it's the, Ducks. It's the Mighty Ducks guy. So I was like, oh, all right, cool. Um, Best Emilio Estevez movie, go. Oh, you know my answer. I do. Here. That's why I asked you the question. It's wisdom. Yes, a story sir. about John Wisdom laying in his bathtub for two and a half hours. And yes, sir. That's the whole point of the movie. I'm pretty sure. Do you think it was the, that movie? And listeners, you're just gonna have to watch the movie to, to, to <laughs> try follow to along find here. it. Uh, yeah, try and find it. Probably on like Tubi, like some some, some real <laughs> like, auxiliary like <laughs> streaming service. Uh, John Wisdom. Yeah, he he. Go, I'll give you a quick rundown. He decides to blow up more mortgage, isn't it? Mortgage information at banks. Yeah, he like, typically mortgages. Yes. So he's like Robin Hood, and he goes around and he just like goes to different banks, and he doesn't rob the banks. I think just, it's mainly for farms and farms like, and like said, loans and like, stuff. And yeah, he like blows up like all the loan information so that like clears their loans and Correct. like they don't have to because obviously like he's mad about paying his mortgage. Yeah, it's like fight close. But I, then yeah. he starts to actually rob these banks, doesn't he? Isn't no? It? They just accidentally kill a guy. Oh, okay. It, it, that's so where. Like a wanted like guy, and then there's. I think it's Demi who accidentally kills. Yeah, because Demi Moore is in this movie. Yeah, it's Demi Moore. She accidentally kills a guy. Then I think when they're running from the yeah. cops, she gets shot. Maybe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so and she like goes in down. Street, yeah, and yeah. then and then at the end of the movie, spoiler, he <laughs> he goes to a high school football stadium, um, and he eats a sandwich out of the garbage can. You're right. And he's, Great detail. You remember on the that? Yeah, of course. I, I had forgotten that particular scene. That part yes, sticks out of my mind. He yes, eats it. He, he picks up. They like it's like a long shot. They like show the sandwich in the garbage can. He like picks it up and he eats it um, to show his you know his utter you know he's falling apart. And then he, he comes up the stair the stairs on the stadium and the, all the cops are waiting on the other side with like helicopters like coming over the like over one side <laughs> of the stadium yeah and they're all on one side and he's by himself on the other side and then the crowning line is he's on the visitor side and then like they arrest him and that's it like it's the greatest movie ever I really have to find it and like do a scene by scene breakdown of wisdom like I might do a year long like thirty part podcast series of wisdom, on wisdom. About wisdom. Yeah, like tw- an hour on every and scene. And that movie was written and directed by Emilio. It's no? his directorial yeah. debut. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that he ever directed again. Yeah. So I take, take that for at face value. It's it's written and directed by Emilio. This is No Dances with Wolves with Kevin Costner. Tom Skerritt this made is, his way into this. Remember Tom Skerritt's his dad. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. Skerritt. And then it's that fake Morgan Freeman guy is the, is the guy opposite him. The cop. <laughs> yeah. Who somehow like gets into massive car accidents and then is back in and a like, helicopter. Totally fine. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like, how did he get in a helicopter four minutes later? just exploded later? and fell off a bridge. Why is he still leading this chase? Yeah, it makes am- no more sense. It's amazing. No more sense. <laughs> no more sense. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> So best that was the best Emilio. Best Emilio film by far. Yeah. So thank you, Mighty Ducks. Thanks. Wonderful segue. Appreciate that. Uh, so Paul goes into the VR system, selects Christy Brinkley as who he wants as his experience here. So then we see him sitting on a park bench in VR. Christy Brinkley shows up in a garter belt, asks Paul to touch her leg on, on the, the inside. inside. Yeah. Uh, so it's getting pretty creepy pretty fast. It's getting very sexual. Christy Brinkley sits down. 
Paul's touching her. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of all over her. This is getting very weird. <laughs> he asks her if she'd like to go to the beach. Cut to them at a beach when Christy Brinkley is now in a bikini top. Mm-hmm. Paul, fully clothed in a sweater vest, applies lotion to her back. <laughs> we are now at the very, very creepy level. And we are cutting outside his VR experience to see him Moving groping his at yeah. the air <laughs> while a child is next to him and Cousin Ira. So there's like a 14-year-old boy <laughs> and Cousin Ira while Paul just horns up. He's got to have a rager at this point. And he's just groping at the air. Like, oh, my God. Um, then we cut to Paul shirtless. On top of Brinkley. Yep. Then Brinkley hops on top. They start making out with each other. Paul is in on the investment. Crowning achievement. I can of only Paul assume. Reiser's career. Yeah. I imagine. I can only assume he had to change his pants after this. <laughs> like, that's the only implication here is that he reached a point during the makeout session and he will reveal to his wife in a moment that in his mind he had sex with her. Yeah. So good God, yeah. what what just happened in front of this child? And then, like you said, it made him poop his pants, which is... <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it did. He had major issues. <laughs> he ate all those taquitos I ate. <laughs> it was a tough A bunch call. of those Mother's Day cakes. And tough call on Paul Reiser. brownies, and he was out. Yeah. So then we go to a restaurant. Jamie is ordering from Lisa Kudrow. Is this Ursula in this world? As it I really like, seemed like it, yeah. So that's the twins. Because remember in Friends, they had the twin sister yeah. character of Lisa Kudrow. And Ursula was a waitress. And Ursula was the waitress. Yeah. So I believe this is the Ursula character. Um, and she's bad at her job. That's she pretty much acted the exactly like. So I feel like it was supposed to be a crossover. Because Friends was going strong in 94, obviously. Friends no, had, I think this is pre-Friends. No, Friends and Friends start in 94. Why wouldn't we be doing Friends episodes every two weeks? Oh, that's a then? good question. <laughs> the people are already begging for Friends. They're yeah, like, hey, here, here we good. are with Mad About Shoes. Yeah, exactly. And, I'm like, no, they want Friends. I'm like, no, Friends isn't on the air yet. I'm sorry. You're going to have no, to you're wait until right. 95. Like 95 or 96. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So one more year till Friends. They started. Damn. I, well, we're getting close. We've only got a few more episodes. We'll be in Friends territory in like six to eight weeks. We, Just missed, with we missed out on like Wonder Years. That's over. That one's over. And so like all the good shows. Uh, we got Will and Grace coming up. We've got ER coming on the air soon. We've got, um, I said, we'll hit some late stuff where like Scrub starts at the end. Um, but that's more close to the end of the series. I'll, I'll have to That'll look at what all else is coming now, up. buddy. There's some, yeah, <laughs> you're it's right. It's taking us 16 weeks just to get to here. We're going to record 100 of these in three days and then just drop them all at once. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll be done with this podcast. <laughs> Listen at your own pace. Leave us alone. <laughs> Practice over. Podcast over. Just take a week off from work. And <laughs> Pretty much it just sit here, just sit here live record. watch Frasier episodes and just make be some, done with this make podcast. Make some mushroom tea and get real weird with it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not I'm not a opposed to this idea <laughs> we'll have no topical references again ever we'll just keep talking about the last two weeks send your send your family to my house and i'll just come here <laughs> perfect <laughs> um so uh paul walks in tells jamie that uh hey you know ira does have a piece of this investment he's kind of beating around the bush doesn't want to reveal that he's also invested in this thing yep. 
eventually, he kind of gets around to the like, hey, you know, I think maybe we should do this too. Jamie, old Helen Hunt, thinks this is a bad idea, but Paul thinks it's going to be huge. Zero comedy in these scenes. Like, it's just romantic discussion, really. Like, it's not, not even romantic. That, that's just say, this is just relationship discussion. So that's what I'm like. The show was relatable. I get why maybe that resonated with people more so than being a radio host who's going on dates every night of the yeah. week or being Jerry Seinfeld and you've got a new girlfriend every week. So I do understand the relatability of this show, but comedically, I, I was lost. I was yeah. like, there's not anything here. It's like everybody loves Raymond if if Ray <laughs> Romano was like not hilarious. Yeah, and there was a no side characters. The side characters were cousin Ira in this. It was like, <laughs> and that little boy. And yeah, and that scarred little boy who had to witness Paul Reiser's terrible, terrible act. <laughs> that vile, vile act that he Fondling committed. the air. Yeah, gross. Oh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, after Paul reveals he's already invested in this, uh, Jamie exits. She's not pleased. Then we go to the next day. Paul's in the doghouse. Jamie's not talking to him at all. Um, says, hey, this is over just the uh, the principle of investing without consulting me. I spelled principle wrong in my notes. Don't judge me. Principal. It's a pal when I do it. Principal. Um, Paul goes into sales mode. Starts trying to convince her it was a good idea. You know, you could ski on the Alps. You could be in the space shuttle. You could sing on Broadway. And it feels like you're actually doing these things, which leads her to inquire. Oh, okay. Well, uh, you tested it out. What did you do? He could have lied. Yeah, he could have lied. And he says, well, I gave Christy Brinkley a massage. <laughs> and then he's like, I I mean, it's incredible, honey. I mean, I could legitimately feel Christy Brinkley. I was rubbing oil all over. <sighs> and so she's understandably not pleased. And then this is maybe one of the only funny lines is the, uh, you know, well, once I saw how real it was, I shut it off after 10 minutes. So that's about the only thing that kind of stands up as a joke, but not much. <laughs> And uh, then this is where he says, it wasn't just sex. We went to the beach, and she's great at talking. So I had a whole relationship with her. Yeah. like She's my girlfriend now, virtual girlfriend. Pretty much. <laughs> that's what he was implying. Yeah. There. We were like, all right, Paul. How does that make it better? Uh, so then we get back to the apartment again. Uh, other room. Jamie's still upset with Paul for being wrong uh and just being wrong all over the place again in my notes where are the jokes in this episode why is the audience laughing <laughs> i'm like i'm i'm trying to count what are jokes and there don't appear to be any like i don't like there was barely any physical humor i think there's one spot of physical coming up but ugh. anyway ira comes over says somebody canceled the check he's pissed off he said paul the investors are furious did you cancel that check that you gave us yesterday for this investment? For five grand. Was it five grand? Five grand. Yeah, I think they split uh, a $10,000 share equally. So five grand, they went in together on a $10,000 share. All right. All good. Mm. Uh, but yes, Jamie did cancel this check. And uh, so they basically they have to convince Jamie to just go try the device because she's not going to budge. They've already canceled the check. Everybody's pissed off. Um, so the only thing to do here is she agrees. All right. If you feel this passionately about the investment, I'll at least go try it out. So then they go to, they cut back to the restaurant. I don't remember if we see Lisa Kudrow again. Uh, maybe we do. Um, but Jamie's with her friends. 
They're trying to pick a VR adventure, so it's got a little catalog, yeah, a little like, booklet, like a karaoke. Yeah, it is like karaoke. <laughs> yeah, it's like we don't we don't have enough catalogs and like brochures and pamphlets like that. Uh, it's all online now, bro. Do you remember getting like the Toys R Us catalog? Of course, uh, Sears was incredible. It was the best. Yeah, the Sears Christmas catalog, the I Toys R Us catalog. Loved it. I mean, we still get one from like White Flower Farms gross yeah which is like a gift that we got at one point from somebody and like we just get these catalogs now to our delicious house. meats delivered to your home yeah White it's flower farms i mean it's mostly like trees and shrubs <laughs> so your catalogs suck. yeah this one particularly i thought it was like a popcorn like, retailer or something no no i get i do get uh eatily i get okay i get yeah. an eatily catalog oh yeah which is nice uh like quarterly so i get oh, like four yeah. of them eatily yeah. quarterly i eatily. like that one <laughs> quarterly I, yeah it's a EQ. mouthful yeah it's a mouthful. <laughs> it is a mouthful <laughs> if your name is lee it's very confusing this is lee's eatily quarterly <laughs> don't mess with lee's eatily quarterly <laughs> what's that lee are you concerned no <laughs> leave lee's eatily quarterly out of this <laughs> all right all right lee you got it you got it um so jamie's with her friends they say they're interested in Sean Connery. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was not going to make an appearance in this episode. No way in hell. You don't uh, think so? No, no way. Uh, and I, then I was telling Paul that Jamie... He loves, he loves the show. He does love he Mad About mad You. Mad About You. <laughs> I watch it every night. That's my favorite program. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, but I was there. She's like, well, yeah, Paul. I mean, your girl's probably going to pick somebody uh, have a Gerard Depardieu's hands all over her ass or Who's something. Who's that? I had uh, some handsome guy in the 90s. I wish I knew off the top of my head and I could give you a role. I don't have a Gerard Depardieu. 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 I don't have a role in my back pocket right now. I'm hmm. sorry. I got to look it up. Keep yeah, talking. He sounds like a fancy Frenchman. Um, so then we go. They're going to meet with the engineer. Now Jamie is in the VR system. This is the only spot of some halfway decent physical humor that is barely even anything um, where Jamie's got the device on and Paul tries to like look through the back of the device. So fine. I'll give you some. <laughs> Roger, Gerard Depardieu you played Cyrano de Bergerac. Cyrano de Bergerac. So he's just like a romantic guy. All right. Romance. Okay. He's in all these romance movies. Perfect. The King's. The King's Dog. The King's Fortnite. Okay, what? Fortnite. Well, that's better. Um, some decent physical humor there. We see Jamie now in VR land, and then this is where we get long-haired Andre Agassi. Oh, so dreamy. And he had, like, the spinal tap cut, almost. With, like, <laughs> yeah, the, like the, the bangs right out of, across the front. And that early it, 90s, like, yeah. the, it, the, the the mullet had kind of transformed right. into that. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like it was, The mullet was kind of gone, but they were still just going, like, Dead across the front with the bangs, yeah. and then it's just long everywhere else. So the front still grew out, but not above your eyebrows. Yeah. Like I had a dog that had that cut. <laughs> I think that's what that Oliver kid had on Brady Bunch. Yeah, now that I think yeah. about it, or no, wait, that Oliver kid had had he that just a big bowl, big bowl, yeah, just that bowl. long shit, the thickest the, hair you've the ever 70s seen, bowl, yeah. The thickest shag bowl that matched that. Just perfectly cut. And it was like Dennis the Menace style. Like, just just perfect. Yeah. Remember that. Dennis the Menace style. Um, so she's uh, in a sweet moment that doesn't make a lot of sense. Paul is now in the VR. Uh, and it, it almost appeared as if it was the real Paul that had somehow been transported in the VR. Yeah. But we know it's not. Um, so Helen Hunt is selected Paul Reiser to be in there. And then all she really does is uses the VR system to make 
Paul apologize in a number of different scenarios. And that's pretty much what it is. Uh, the wife is satisfied having her husband say, I'm sorry. You know, all I'm, over the place. I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm reading uh, IMDb, and it says right here, it says uh, that this specific episode, uh, it's the, in the did you know section, did you know this specific episode was the inspiration for Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind? Oh. So that's interesting. It, it is interesting. That's interesting. To me, I would do anything to take the thought and memory of watching this episode out of my brain. There you go. Um <laughs> I found it to be quite a waste of time. I, I It was enlightening on what the show was about, but I do understand why it probably fails to hold up the way everybody loves Raymond. Or How the, many seasons did this show go? It seemed like it was on forever. I agree. It does seem like it had to be on at least six Because it was seasons. always like, and, and next, Mad About You. Oh, you God. know, I was like, yeah. always. I skipped over the credits. That song is insufferable. Mm -hmm. Like, it just boom, bling, ding. Yeah. Who has that joke in it where that's like the it's Seinfeld where that's what Susan watches and Costanza just can't he can't, can't get, stand he can't it. stand yeah. it or whatever. He can't get into it with it. He her. can't get into it where like that's his sign of defeat. Is that now See, he's and back the, in bed? That's and Larry David being like, I hate this show. It's a terribly written show. Yeah. Like yeah. I get it why Larry David would be like, these are just sitcom tropes and you're not doing anything. You these just, are bad you've pieced scripts. together scenes from life and then you have a studio audience that laughs at it. Yeah, like yeah. Th there was very like the characters were terrible in this episode. No offense to Cousin Ira, the actor, or to Paul Reiser, the comedian, or Helen Hunt, the actress, but Jesus was a terrible piece of television. They know it was. So I feel bad. If you are a Mad About You fan, I I like the show's relatability. I did not care for the comedy in it personally. Lack of. Yeah, the lack of. It was not very funny, unfortunately. <laughs> I was like, okay. I agree. <laughs> I was like, you've got mail is funnier than this. I love you've got mail. <laughs> like, at least it's endearing and it goes somewhere and the scenes like have some magic to them. This was bull. Wait, who was in You've Got Mail that was in that show? Nobody. Oh, I thought it's you were just a similar. A I was like, that no. was Tom Hanks back Ryan, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, no, that was just a massive rom com that yeah. I'm, I'm like, that's what you should be striving for is a good story that is not necessarily wholly relatable, yeah. but at least there's some like character meat or some magic to it. This like, was just Paul Reiser throwing out bad, not even jokes. Yeah, man. I mean, like they should take a tip uh, from the writers of Wisdom. I agree. And, Emilio. Yeah. Eat sandwiches, uh, you know, and, and chase helicopters. I don't. I mean, I guess they did chase helicopters. I think they were being chased by the helicopters mm -hmm. most of the time. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, next week on Sideshow Frasier, we're on to episode 17, A Midwinter Night's Dream. We don't know what our sideshow will be yet, but we guarantee it will be an exciting one. Just like we did last week, and That's look what right. we delivered. Look what we delivered here. <laughs> Mad about shoe, NYPD shoe. Uh, if you get so inclined, leave us the little review star there on whatever app you're listening on. I'm told it helps make me millions of dollars. And uh, if you want, follow us on random places. There's a Sideshow Frasier on Instagram, Twitter, all those fun things. We'll post uh, when new episodes come out, but that's pretty much about it. I'm Steve Shackelford. He's Jordan Wilson. Uh... Uh...